The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the young son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the paws that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Bring a ring and put it on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon.
Good morning. How are you? That's good. Are you enjoying the warmth and the sunshine? I thought it was awesome yesterday. Got to play outside. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I've got, as usual, a question for you. Do you think something can be unfair and good? Mm-hmm. Well, we got a mix. We have some yeses, some noes. All right. So let's think of times when things are unfair and we don't think they're good. Have you ever had something happen to you that was unfair? What was it? I know. It happens. I've been on both sides of that. How about you? Have you ever spent all day on the iPad and didn't let anybody else know? Yeah, yeah. I've been on both sides of that. Anything else unfair happened to you? Someone has a sleepover and you don't get one. Someone has a sleepover and you don't get one. Ah. So it doesn't seem fair, right? When things aren't fair... How does that make us feel? Yeah. Oh, people not sharing. People not sharing. That can happen. I've been on both sides of that one too. I've been on both sides of that one too. How do we feel when things are unfair? Left out? Um, Furious. Furious. We're going to keep moving, okay? All right. It can make us feel bad. It can make us feel bad or sad or angry when things are unfair. However, however, Jesus tells us a story today. Jesus tells us a story today where things are unfair but good. He told us a story about a son who asked for half of all the money and stuff that his father had. Now, that's a lot, right? So, his dad actually gave it to him, and then he went out, and he just wasted it. He didn't even buy anything smart, right? Like, he just wasted it. It's like he bought all gumballs, right? Like, it's just, what are you doing, <laughs> right? So, he just, he, he buys nothing but gumballs. They all go bad. He chews them all at the same time. And then, and then, his jaw hurts, for one, and he's got no food, and he's got nowhere to go, and he's got no one to help him. So for a while, he works and he feeds the pigs, right? And he actually, he's so hungry that he looks at what the pigs eat, which is like, not great. And he's like, oh, that looks pretty good. <laughs> I know. But then he says, you know what? My dad has not just like a whole farm, but he's got like hired hands who have enough to eat too. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, dad, I want to be your son again. I'm going to go home and I'm going to say, dad, I want to work for you and I'll, I'll earn my share. 
And so he comes home, but before he can even say anything, his dad runs up to him, gives him a great big hug, kisses him, and says, you're home. Now that's pretty good, right? And then, and then the son, he, he tries to start saying all the stuff he was going to say. Dad, I don't want to be your son. I'm just going to work for you. And the dad completely ignores all of it. He says, okay, bring him a robe and a ring. And you know what? We're going to have the best food and the best music. And it's going to be great. We're going to celebrate. Because you're back. We have missed you. Now that's pretty good, right? Is that fair? Because he wasted like half of everything his dad had. It's not really fair, but it's really, really good. His, his older brother, he had a problem with this, and he got mad. But his dad said, you know what? Just because I'm kind to someone else, just because I love your brother, doesn't mean I love you less. We can be good. We can be almost unfair and still have it be good. We can be unfair and still have it be good. I believe that God loves all of us, no matter what, which is sometimes unfair, but it's really, really good. Yes, Anthony. Uh, there is another story We're just going to do one story today. However, I do believe that one of our jobs as Christians is to share stories with one another, even outside of church, about these kind of things. So keep going. You're doing the right thing. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. God, you love us all the time. And it's really, really good. We ask that when we mess up, you might love us still. That when others mess up, you would love them too. And you would help us to love them too. For all people, let there be love and grace and peace, including us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There you go. name of Jesus. Amen. The beginning of this section of this text is really, really important. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I go over this parable, often called the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son, I usually skip right to the point where there was a father who had two sons, right? I, I usually skip right to that point. But the beginning of this, the context of it, helps us know what Jesus is getting at in the first place. The sinners and the tax collectors are coming to Jesus to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes have a complaint. This man eats with sinners and dwells with sinners, and stays with sinners, and tax collectors, this man is with them. 
and he shouldn't be. Now, in order to break down who exactly was surrounding Jesus and who Jesus was eating with, we kind of work backwards, right? The tax collectors of that day were not in the same make and model as the ones that we have in modern day. The tax collectors of that day were simply given the power to collect however much they thought they should collect. How do you think that went? Yeah, you're all chuckling like you know what's going to happen. The tax collectors often would take way more, keep for themselves, and then give a little bit to the actual government that they were supposed to be giving to. How do you think they were held? How do you think they were liked in their communities? No. <laughs> because part of it was, this is truly unfair. And part of it was, you're taking all my money. In either case, bad. This was a bad person. In society, collectively we said, people who take everyone's money keep a lot for themselves and then give a little bit to the government, that's a bad person. This was a known evil, so to speak. This was a known sin. Which is how we get to the second group of people that Jesus was eating with and speaking with. Sinners. Now, in the Lutheran Church, we have a really, really healthy dynamic of understanding that we are all simultaneously saint and sinner. And that is who this thing, this text is talking about, but more than that. Because this was the known sinner, right? This was the one who was identified in the community as a sinner. You knew who the tax collector was because the tax collector took your money. You know who the sinner is because the sinner, their actions were known in the community. This could be any number of things. This could be amoral. So things that were not lining up with the way that society had collectively understood things should line up. Someone who wasn't acting the right way. This could be illegal. Someone who was actively standing outside of the law, often unrepentantly. This could be a religious, someone who was not inside the religious norms and customs of that day. This could be simply someone who was having a hard time with the things that you and I have a hard time with. It could have been any of those. However, their identity in that community was that of a sinner. Think in your heads who these people might be in today's world. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's others. But who are the ones that abuse the power that they are given? That'd be the tax collectors. Who are the ones that are only known or often known for the things they are doing wrong, the things they're doing badly, the things they were doing that don't sit well with the rest of us? Those be the sinners. So you gather all those people together. These are the ones that Jesus is eating with. These are the ones that Jesus is talking with. And these are the ones that the Pharisees and the scribes are complaining about. And so when we go into this parable, Jesus is telling the scribes and the Pharisees this story because they're complaining about the ones he's keeping company with. 
Which leads me to believe that this parable is about the Father. This parable is about the Father and who the Father keeps company with and how the Father treats the ones that are outside the norms of society and inside the norms of society. How the Father treats the ones that are outside legal and moral customs and inside legal and moral customs. This is about the Father. Just like the Pharisees' complaint was about Jesus. Now already, already we could stop with this beginning sentence, these beginning sentences and say, you know what? This is good news. Jesus dwells with the sinner. Jesus sits with the ones who are most in need. This is good news. We could just end it there. But I think the parable has more. The parable starts with the way that we all remember, right? Has two sons. The youngest one says, hey, give me half of all your stuff. Now, this must have been a pretty wealthy person because apparently this father has a farm or some kind of business and enough money to have left over. So he's not kind of check to check on this farm. He's got a lot of hired hands and they all have stuff. He's got money saved up. This is a pretty well-to-do. And so you take half of pretty well-to-do and you give it to one person and they go out and they spend it just terribly. We say dissolute living. You know what dissolute living is. It's all the stuff we just listed. It's the amoral stuff. It's the illegal stuff. It's the addictive stuff. It's the just not accepted in society stuff. It's all of it. So I want you to think in your heads, what in this world are all the stuff that you teach your kids inside and out not to be spending your money on, not to be doing over and over and over again? Think of those things in your head. That's the stuff that the son does. And obviously he has nothing left. And obviously there's going to be a famine. And so in that time he gets a job. He's feeding the pigs. He wants to eat what the pigs are eating. Now, today, you don't want to eat what the pigs were eating. That long ago, you really don't want to eat what the pigs are eating. You really. He's that hungry. And then comes, I think, the second moment of gospel in this text. The phrase, when he finally came to himself, he woke up. And the text says nothing about why he woke up from the stupor, how he woke up from the stupor, simply that he woke up from the stupor. And that's good news for me too. Because there's times when I am caught in dissolute living and in my own pride, and I don't know if I'm ever going to wake up. But the text tells me, at some point you may. He wakes up, he says, my father has a lot of hired hands. I'm not going to ask to be a son. I am going to ask to be a hired hand. He goes. And then the third thing of gospel happens. Where from far off, the father sees that noticeable gate of the son, right? 
You see how he's walking. You see, I mean, you don't have to see his face. You can just kind of see like, that's the body. That's the one that I raised. That's the one that I know. That's the one that I love. I'm running. And he runs. And he takes off and he wraps him up. And then the son goes into his speech, right? He says the exact same thing that he had planned in his head just before. And he starts in on it. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Treat me as a hired hand. And then his father cuts him off. Best robe. Bring it. Ring. Bring it. Fatted calf. Kill it. This is going to be the best celebration. Because you're home. This is the priority of the father. This is the priority of the father. It is not good works or good deeds. It is not the highest standard of achievement. It is simply, you are here. You are not dead. You are alive. I can care for you. I have eyes on you. This is good. We'll work on whatever needs to happen. But right now, this is our priority. That you know that you're here and you know that you're loved. Again, the text could end right here and we'd be satisfied. This is the priority of Jesus. This is the priority of God, but it keeps going. The eldest son, the one who probably represents the Pharisees and the scribes that are mad at everybody that Jesus is keeping relationship with, he's mad too. And here's the fourth thing of gospel. Here's the thing that the father also doesn't have to do. He begins to plead with him. He doesn't go out and say to this oldest son, Hey, stupid. (laughs) You should know. This is your brother. You should love him. Be nice to your brother. He doesn't say that. He doesn't look at this son and say, Guess what? This isn't yours. It's mine. What he does do is he goes out compassionately, in the same compassion that he just had for the younger son, compassionately says, what's up? I can see you're upset. Just come inside. What's bugging you? What's bothering you? And he says, listen, I've been with you the whole time. I work like a hired hand, like a slave. He have not given me anything. This guy comes back, you give him everything. And then the fifth thing gospel happens. Where the father says, I will not love your younger brother less. And I do not love you any less. This is simply what we are about as a family. We are about the people first and everything else second. We're about love and forgiveness first and everything else second. We're about reuniting and reigniting life in one another first. Everything else second. Everything I have is yours, he says to the oldest son. But we have to do this. This is who we are.
The story is about the Father and the five points of gospel that exist throughout. In the text, you can see the sons staring at one another. The youngest son eventually realizes he has not been the oldest son. The oldest son realizes what the younger son is getting. But in the father, there's love for both of them. There's grace for both of them. There's everything for both of them. Because that is what the Father's about. That is what Jesus is about. The ones who need it most, the ones who have been there from the beginning, all of them. All of them have love. So I want you to think in your head. Which one of the sons do you think you are today? Are you, are you the one squandering everything in dissolute living? Are you the one acting amorally or illegally or anything else? Are you the one that's been with Jesus since the beginning? If you're the illegal one, I hope that you hear from the Father and from the oldest son Nothing but love here today. Nothing but grace here today. There's not a thing that you have done or a thing that you have wasted that will preclude you from this here today. And if you're the one that's been here from the beginning, I want you to hear from the father and from the youngest the incredible joy we have and your gifts and abilities that you've been sharing your whole lives long, and the love that has not failed here today, the love that is still for you here today, everything that God has is yours here today. The story is about the Father the priorities of the Father, the love of the Father, and the grace of the Father. And it's for you here today. God be with you this week. And God wrap you in this love. Amen.